This is an ABC podcast. Quick heads up, Curly Crew. In this episode of Short and Curly, we talk to a guy who was attacked by a shark. So maybe if your little siblings are about, it might be a bit scary for them. Or for you. Hey, Molly, are you just blowing up a child-sized inflatable pool in the middle of the recording studio? Oh, hey, Carl. Yes, I am. Care to splash around when I'm finished? I would love to. You know, I always wear my bathers under my clothes just in case I find a surprise pool to splash around in. (laughs) Don't we all? Can I ask, why are you blowing up an inflatable kiddie pool, though? I'm really in the mood to go for a swim since it's an absolute ripper of a day. Sun shining, birds chirping, a beautiful 27 degrees Celsius or 80 degrees Fahrenheit. (laughs) Cracker of a day. But I really don't want to swim in the ocean and get eaten by a shark. Wait, what are you talking about? Oh, a shark? It's like a big fish with sharp teeth and a fin? No, no, no. I I know what a shark is. But why do you think you'll get eaten by a shark if you swim in the ocean? Well, sharks are apex predators. They're top of the food chain. They eat almost everything, including us people. Someone was attacked last week by a shark and now (laughs) I'm never going to the beach again. I mean, they mostly just eat fish. Did you know that there have been more than 600 recorded shark attacks in Australia since colonisation? And nearly 200 of those attacks were fatal. And there are about 80 unprovoked attacks on humans per year around the world. Uh, How do you know all of this? I looked it up online. Accidentally. I typed in schnark to see if it was a word, and twist, it's not. But then the computer corrected my spelling to shark, and there I was. So what? You're just going to avoid beaches forever? I mean, yeah. What's my alternative? Get eaten by a shark, yum yum? Not necessarily, because most beaches don't even have sharks. Lots of beaches have special nets that stop sharks coming into swimming areas. And then, of course, there's culling. Oh, I don't think I should cuddle a shark. Not cuddling, culling. Controlling the number of sharks in the ocean by killing them. Killing them? Yeah, you know, instead of them kill us, we kill them. We've been culling sharks in Australia for over 50 years. Oh, I don't know if that's fair. Well, today on Short and Curly, it's shark versus swimmer. And there will be no survivors. Don't say that. We're all going to survive this. Sorry. Why don't we start with a little thinking question? This is the part where you can pause the show to think or talk to the people around you. When you think about going on a beach trip or a holiday and you imagine swimming or surfing in the water... Does the thought of sharks freak you out? And why do you think that is? Hit pause now. And here's what our School of Fish Brains Trust think about sharks. I have seen a lot of shark movies and a lot of news about shark attacks. That makes me a lot scared of sharks. My dad worked on a movie called The Shallows 
It's where this lady is a surfer and her friend gets eaten by a shark. In the end, I watched it and I never, ever went in the ocean because I was so afraid of sharks. I'm afraid of the ocean and there's all the other animals, jellyfish, blue ring octopi, that frightened me, but sharks? They're only really scary because of, yeah, the movies. They look very scary. They've got like 300 teeth. I don't think they're that scary because they only show the really bad stuff that happens and it's very unlikely for any of that stuff to happen. They show people like getting bitten their legs off or dying or stuff, but it's not going to happen very often. I don't really think that much about sharks when I go to the beach. All my concerns are about my brother and sister, that they don't go swept away, so I keep all my eyes on them instead of looking out for sharks. Your pool is uh, taking forever to blow up, Molly. Yeah, it's worth it. Better to be safe than sorry. I mean, do you know about Paul de Gelder? Uh, no. Okay, how about you listen to his story and then tell me this kiddie pool is a silly idea? I don't know if I want to hear this. Well, Carl, like I told our listeners at the beginning, if you don't like scary stories or you've got little kids around, skip the next minute or so. Hi, my name is Paul de Gelder and in 2009 I got attacked by a shark. I lost my hand and my leg. It was uh, very early in the morning. We got to work about 5 a.m. and we jumped into a little inflatable boat, mowed it over to Garden Island, which is the big Navy base in Sydney. It's not far from Sydney Harbour Bridge and the Opera House. And I was in the water for about five minutes. I looked over my left shoulder I got this clamping feeling on my leg and I looked down and it was a big shark. The shark decided that uh, I must be food. I was terrified. I'd never even seen a big shark before. It grabbed a big chunk of my leg um, and my hand and started to bite that. It started to shake me and just took all the strength out of me. I remember thinking I'm not going home today. My wetsuit made me buoyant and I popped to the surface and realised I wasn't dead. I swam back to the boat with one hand and one leg. The guys got to me, they pulled me into the boat and I passed out. Aye, aye, aye. See? Harrowing, right? Okay, now I can understand why you're so afraid of shark attacks. Yeah, if there were no sharks, I wouldn't be almost passed out from blowing up this small pool. Do you want a pump or something? No, I like the attention. Yeah, I know. So given what happened to Paul de Gelder, what do you think of shark culling then? Um, how does it work exactly? Well, governments sometimes set up these big nets or drum lines, which are big traps that lure sharks in with hooks. Also, humans can feel safe when they swim. And Australia just culls, a.k.a. kills, sharks all the time. Yeah, just in the state of Queensland in the last 50 years, we've killed 50,000 sharks. 50,000? 
That's way, way, way more than the number of humans killed by sharks and in a much shorter amount of time. Yep, only three people in all of Australia get killed by sharks each year. Ah, are humans really that great that we just get to kill anything that interferes with our hobbies? It's hard to say, isn't it? As usual, thinking about ethical dilemmas makes my brain hurt. (laughs) Well then, you're going to need a bigger brain. Ooh, Matt Beard from the Ethics Centre has a brain. Let's ask him. Okay, Matt! Hello. Ooh, is that a little pool? Good thing I always wear swimmers under my clothes in case of surprise pools. Don't we all? But as much as I love a mini pool session, can I ask why have you got an inflatable pool in here? Dumb at sharks. Ah, gotcha. But I think this is silly. We already cull so many sharks, so Molly is in no real danger. True, there might not be much danger for Molly, but culling makes the ocean a pretty dangerous place for the sharks. Sure, but isn't it worth it? We don't want people dying, so if we have to kill a few sharks to stop that, then that seems reasonable. All right, you two, gather round. I'm going to tell you kids a story. Yes, I love story time, and I need a break from blowing up this pool. You might have heard it before. It's the story of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Ugh, that's a boring baby story, Matt. Everyone knows it. Oh, but mine has a twist. Listen. Once upon a time, a little girl named Goldilocks was wandering through the woods when she came to a house. She opened the door to see if anyone was home and saw three bowls of porridge at the table. Ooh, yum, yum, I love porridge. Yeah, yeah, Matt, I know. One was too hot and one was too cold and the other one was just right. Carl, just... okay. I'm telling the story. Hush, Carl. Keep going, sweetie, you're doing great. Then she decided she wanted to have a nap. She went upstairs and saw three beds. She tried the first one. This is too hard, she said. She tried the second one. This is too soft. And she tried the third one. Oh, this is just right, she said, and fell fast asleep. (laughs) But as she slept, three bears who lived in the house came home. I'm home. Oh, my God, work was crazy today. They were furious to find someone had eaten their porridge. Hey, what the heck happened to my porridge? They saw dirty footprints leading upstairs to the bedroom. Oh my god, I just mopped! They walked up the stairs to find a little girl sleeping in a room full of messy beds. I don't know you! The three bears roared in anger. Goldilocks woke up terrified at what the bears might do. So she quickly pulled out a shotgun and blasted all three of them to smithereens! That's what you get for messing with the Goldie Beast. Ah, my mama. I see you on the other side. And then she went back to sleep and lived happily ever after. She killed all the bears? That is my least favourite version of this fairy tale. You are not doing great, sweetie. It seems bad, right? 
But the reason I told the story like that is because it's actually not that different from shark culling. Humans go into a place that's not their home to do something that they want to do, and then when the creatures who actually live there seem like a danger, we kill them, just like Goldilocks. Right, I get it. That's one of the big arguments against shark culling. We don't need to swim in the ocean, but sharks do. Like Goldilocks, we act in self-defence, but only after we've put ourselves in a dangerous position that we didn't need to be in. All very interesting. Well, sounds like I definitely need to finish this off. (gasps) Oh, here, Molly, let me help you blow up that pool. (gasps) Whoa, you blew up the entire thing in one breath. Yeah, that's how I got my nickname. Matt Matt Big Big Long Long Boy Beard. Beard. Oh. I finally understand. I've always wondered about that nickname. Look, I'm going to go find a coconut to drink out of and then I'll be back to swim in this pool. Bye. Bye. Ciao, Bella. Gosh, that Goldilocks story makes me think about Paul de Gelder, who we heard from earlier. I wonder what happened to him after he was attacked. Well, he lost an arm and a leg and now goes around with pretty awesome-looking prosthetic limbs. Sad, but rad. So what does Paul think about humans and sharks now? Before the shark attack, I hated sharks. I thought if we just fished them all and ate them all, then we could go and swim anywhere and we could do anything in the water. The reason that I have more respect now for sharks than I did before, it stems from an old Navy motto, knowledge dispels fear. And the reason that I was afraid before was because I didn't know much about sharks. I'd never even seen one. And then after I got bitten, I think they're very, very incredible animals. These aren't dangerous man-eaters lurking and stalking the beaches. They're just sharks doing shark stuff. We can't love the ocean without valuing the lives of sharks because of the role that they play in keeping our oceans healthy. For example, keeping certain species of fish stock down, keeping the the population numbers down. I think we have to make an agreement with ourselves that we're going to accept the risks if we're gonna go into the ocean. If I gave up swimming in the ocean meant that sharks would stop being killed, then I would absolutely stop swimming in the ocean. There are plenty of other places to swim. Paul de Gelder. He's a former Navy diver who was attacked by a shark while working in Sydney Harbour. So he became more sympathetic to sharks after losing an arm and a leg in an attack. But that makes sense, doesn't it? For so many of us, we've never seen sharks in real life. We've only seen them in movies. In fact, I think we should cull shark movies. They're the things that are really scaring people. Wait, what do you mean? Well, sharks don't really kill that many people in real life, but they kill a lot in movies. Films like Jaws and The Meg and Sharknado and The Last Sharknado, colon, It's About Time. All classics. Yeah, and they're all about sharks just eating tons of people. So if studios stopped making movies where sharks were the bad guys, that might change how people think about them. 
People need to see that sharks are an important part of the ocean. We need more good shark representation. Sharks who are friendly. Maybe they sing a little song. Well, we shouldn't make sharks too cute and cuddly on screen. They are still dangerous and they can eat you. And humans are always going to be scared of creatures that could hurt us. It's survival instincts. That's a good point. Why don't we mull this over with another thinking question? More like cull this over. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, think about this. Shark attacks do happen, but nowhere near as much as movies and TV make us believe. Also, sharknadoes aren't really a thing. So should movies and TV shows be more realistic about shark attacks? Or is it okay to play on our fears when it makes for a great story? Hit pause now. Let's see what our Brains Trust thinks about that one too. The media's just ran on about how they are killing people and how they are attacking us. And that's just one shark attack and they'll just keep going on about it for a long time until there's another one. And that makes it seem like there's a lot more than there really is. And that makes you a lot more scared than you should be. I think the movies are okay because everyone knows they're not actually real. They're just made up and none of the sharks are actually real. They're all just props and things. But the media is real, so they would believe that more. I think that the entertainment's great, but then, for example, if I was afraid of the ocean and I watched the movie like a day ago, I would be like in the shallow way with like my feet just like a centimetre in, just still afraid to hop in the water. Thanks, gang. Hey, I'm back. I couldn't find a coconut to drink out of, so I was just going to stick a straw into this lemon. That's not the same, and it's not pool time, Matt. I haven't filled it with water yet. What? Why not? We've got more ethics questions. (sighs) Okay, let's go. Matt, we've just been talking about how the stories we tell about sharks can change the way we think about them. Why is that? When we can easily think of examples of something being dangerous, we tend to think it's more dangerous than it really is. When you ask people how often shark attacks happen, most people will say they happen about twice as often as they really do. That's partly because of stories and movies, but it's also because the news, politicians and other people all have something to say when a shark attack happens. That's what I'm saying. And then, because of that... We kill a whole bunch of sharks even though they're not as dangerous as we think. And this isn't just about sharks. It's about how making people afraid and making decisions when we're feeling afraid can get in the way of the facts. And we need to have good information if we're going to make good decisions. Okay, but sharks are dangerous. Shark attacks do happen. So isn't this just a case of kill or be killed? You know, us versus them? Look, there are times when most ethicists think it's okay to kill something or someone, like in self-defence, if they're threatening your life. But it wouldn't be okay to kill someone to protect something less important, like a sandwich. Oh, I mean, maybe a really good sandwich. <gasps> like a toasty? 
It's nearly lunchtime, YouTube, but stay with me for a second. Like we said before, shark culling is only self-defence because we choose to put ourselves in the water. So the question is, if the price of going to the beach is that we might have to kill some sharks in self-defence, is swimming at the beach really as important as a shark's life? Duh! Humans ruin everything. We shouldn't be allowed into the ocean at all. I'm vetoing beaches. My kiddie pool is the better option. Carl, pass me that hose that's just lying in the corner. Of course. Here you go. While we wait for this baby to fill up, we're going to leave you with one final thinking question. Should people give up the beach activities they love, like swimming or surfing or boogie boarding, if it meant we stopped shark culling altogether? Hit pause now. And feel free to let us know what you think by emailing us or leaving a review. And if you like this podcast, please tell your friends. Huge thanks to our bitingly clever brains trust, Sienna, Daniel, Eleanor, Eva, Kaizen and Letitia from Guardian Angels Primary School in Queensland. And thanks also to our sound engineers today, Simon Branthwaite and Matthew Crawford, who are so good at their job that it's a bit fishy. And finally, our creator-producer Kyla Slavin and executive producer Justine Kelly. Aha! The pool is full and ready for swimming. Let's jump in. <laughs> this is fun. Cannonball! Matt, you've got water everywhere. Carl, watch me do a handstand. <gasps> oh, my God. A whirlpool? <gasps> ah! How is there a whirlpool in this tiny inflatable pool? I don't know, but we're all getting sucked under. Polly, you promised we'd all survive this episode. I'm sorry, this was very unexpected. has been an ABC podcast. Check out the ABC Kids Listen app. It's full of educational and entertaining audio programs. Hey, and speaking of the ocean... But not getting eaten by sharks... Have you ever heard the episode of Fierce Girls about kick-ass Australian surfer Lane Beachley? She even has beach in her name. What? In Lane? No, Carl. Beachley. Huh, gotcha. She's a seven-time world champion women's surfer and she grew up in a time when girls sat on the sand and didn't usually take to the waves. She's a legend. Fierce Girls is a podcast about women who have done all kinds of excellent and interesting things. Just search up Fierce Girls via the ABC Listen app or on podcast apps like Apple and Google. Bye! Bye!